0: Thanks for joining us on the 10 Second Podcast. I'm Keith Woodward. On the last episode, we had a deeply personal conversation with Carolyn and John Torello about the passing of their son, Michael. As part of that conversation, Jaden Lee joined us as he wore Michael's uniform right after the game. It's always difficult to transition from the passing of an individual to then go back to hockey. Quinnipiac hockey meant so much to Michael. So we're gonna go back on the ice with Mike Corbett.
1: And, and even, what are we, months past it, it's still indescribable. You, you, you can't describe what you're feeling in the moment. Drives, recruiting, going from from Fort McMurray where you see the sign and it says, get gas now because there's only one gas station and it's a five-hour ride.
0: All right. Joining us now on the 10th Second Podcast his assistant coach, Mike Corbett. Mike, thanks for joining us.
1: Thank you. I appreciate it.
0: So why don't you give us your origin story of hockey? I know uh, I know where we are today, but how did we get to this spot?
1: Um, started coaching right after college. Went to college, University of Denver. Started coaching immediately right after that. Coached junior hockey for about six years. Some various leagues, some, some lower-end leagues in Montana and things like that where you kind of get your um, – get your feet wet the USHL and then uh I, I kinda got burned out on that a little bit and You were I,
0: coach of the year at one of those programs. Yeah, at, right? at the Butte yeah.
1: Irish. The Fight Butte Fighting Irish. It was was uh I was twenty five, twenty six years old, started out right out of college. At that time I had I was married, I had two kids and and playing pro hockey wasn't uh for a five foot nine defenseman wasn't in the wasn't in the wasn't in the in the cards. So got into that, finished my masters at Denver, got into that, uh the infamous day is um, uh, Christmas Eve, 1997. Was a day I accepted a job and kind of said to my wife, "Merry Christmas." <laughs> We're moving from Denver to Butte, Montana, and I'm not sure how excited she was for that. But uh, and how
0: wonderful a Christmas gift could yes, that be? I mean, exactly. Let's, let's be honest.
1: So, uh, and that started the coaching journey, and uh, ended up. Uh, took a job in Colorado Springs as a youth director, coached AAA hockey after the junior stint a little bit, got a little burned out, and, and um, ended up coaching some really good players there, Some actually some NHL players. Some kids were recruited to get there and uh, was doing that. I did that for a year. And then Derek Schooley, who uh, was at the Air Force Academy, took the Robert Morris job to start the program so I played for coach Saratori at University of Denver he was coaching at Air Force so I slid over there and uh, I was at Air Force for 10 years a lot of success there and and then uh, I got the job the head coaching job at University of Alabama in Huntsville and uh, everybody knows that infamous story a little bit where that program COVID kind of hit the program we had we got a new president the program was uh was going to fold then was saved i resigned and just kind of said hey and my assistant coach was a was a uah grad um he was lance west who came over from um alaska fairbanks so i brought him on that last year and and he uh he ended up taking the program for one more year where they kept going so then then in the meantime i went to robert morris for a year and then unfortunately that that program folded Um, now I was looking at it and saying okay what's there's one common denominator and that's me Uh, I was I'm not a point finger guy I'll point thumbs at myself Um, so so uh, and then that and it was almost a joke when when I when I was talking to coach Schooley about that and, and I'm just like come on and and it's I hate to say it it's something I've been through before so we went through the whole thing and 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 it's funny that program ended up coming back over the course of time so then I was Again, looking for another job and then and uh, the job opened here Billy took Billy took Holy Cross so the job opened up here and and uh, Rand and I had a relationship the great part about working at the Air Force Academy is Rand, you you live in the West but you play in the East so you are really I think you're really lucky so you get to know most guys are kind of Michigan West Michigan East and uh, so I got to know a lot of guys in the East, and we used to come out for the Quinnipiac tournament all the time when I was in uh, was out when I was at Air Force. So I got to know Rand, and we talked prior about jobs um, when he had openings before. So um, you know, thankfully enough, I was able to land this this position and and uh, just kind of get started here. What was the interview like? Uh, it was a Zoom interview. I was I have a house in Florida, so I was at a, I was I was a Zoom interview. I was in Florida at the time, and. Uh, and it was I, I met with Joe. I, I, and Joe and I have known each other for a long time. So I met with Joe kind of separately, and we talked, you know, just kind of talked certain things, and a little bit of hockey, and a little bit of mostly with Joe was mostly recruiting. Um, and then I had both of them on a Zoom interview. So it was, uh, and it's funny after the fact. Rand kind of asked me. He says, "Corpse, how come you didn't dress up in a suit and tie in your Zoom interview?" I said. Um, I just kind of said, I said Frank, I, or I should Rand, I'm in my, I'm in my, my, my normal T-shirt. I said my normal T-shirt, and I said I didn't, I don't think I look shabby, but I didn't. I, I didn't. You're right, I didn't dress up.
0: So let's talk a little bit about the season that that we uh, exper- that the university experienced, and the Bobcats experienced. North Dakota, right? Uh, kind of early on in the season, is a five-five uh, tie and a six-two win after giving up the first goal in the in the second game. Did that game expose... I mean, you've got Sam. Okay, he you know, he, he has some a little bit of uh, high-level experience. But Colin's new to the program at, uh, at that point in time. Um, Yanni's played one year. Zach, obviously, four years. Um, did that open up the program to kind of a new exposure level uh, to see what, you know, I don't want to say... Big-time hockey, because I think Quinnipiac is big-time hockey, but there's a lot of people in North Dakota that come to support that club.
1: Well, just in the Midwest in general. um, For me being mostly primarily a Western guy, you – and playing against North Dakota in college, and and North Dakota is a premier program. We all know that. And and we obviously we played them well at home the year before. But when you go there, it's a different it's a different story. There's eleven thousand plus people, and and like you said, they are there as passionate as any group of fans there is. And that's a tough place to play. Um, and to be able to come out with the tie and on on Friday night. Um, kind of an up and down game and and to be able to come back a little bit at certain times and they were and and when they when they get going with their with their team so it was I think it was one of those confidence builders for us and it kind of put us for this season like you said, Rand's done such a good job of putting this program on the map. The program is on the map. Um, it, well, it always has been for many, many years. But I, but we all go season to season. I think for this season to win and, and tie, and I, especially the way we won that second game um, – after the first goal like you said there really wasn't any doubt um we really we really played well and 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 kind of put our stamp on the weekend with that win so i think it it, for this season i think it really put us a quinnipiac's going to be a team to contend with this entire year
0: in 1600 miles away is the university of maine and there's a high coming off north dakota and the guys just what didn't well, have it didn't. That, that's
1: kid that's that and we like to say this that's kids being kids you're, yeah. you're going to maine probably the most fired up fired up guy in the building was joe um being a local right. maine guy you know what and he was a uh, I don't know if he admitted this to you, but he's a black bear. He was a black bear fan. He okay. was, and
0: he's got all his family living up <laughs> yes. there. We talked about it; like they all live within one mile of each other. So,
1: so I know he was chomping at the bit the entire time. So he was probably the most intense guy. That 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 weekend probably hurt him more than it hurt anybody else. Um, just because Joe is such a passionate person, but you, you, it's just it's you're exactly right. You come off the high, and and, and we talked about it. It's not like. It, it's some one of those things but this is one of those things where the kid they're their kids and they, they go in there and and we're coming off a high and they, we, we can't kid ourselves our guys the players know what's going on they understand the national landscape probably more than we do because they probably read a lot of it for sure more than me um, but that's where going into that you know it's, it's just kind of one of those we, we didn't we didn't come in we didn't come in with passion and energy coming into that game um, and then we had to kind of snap out of it on the second night.
0: Is is that where adversity kind of kicks in? When you talk about Rand talks a lot about addressing the adversity in the room and just taking it head on.
1: Well, I think it's more of us. It's us. It's us against us. You know, and, and a lot of that we don't talk about that, but really, in in indirectly. It's it's the game is about us and we know what we push a lot is when we're at our best we're playing to our our identity. Once we do that we know that we're going to give ourselves a better than average chance to win, especially with that group. Like you say we showed it and, and I think throughout the course of the year that's what it was especially down the stretch is really our our staff and especially Rand pushing our identity of what we are because we knew if we if we played to that identity that we were going to have success
0: and essentially after that i i don't know exactly off the top of my head but it's like 17 games without a loss there's a one maybe there might be a tie in there someplace but how does the team work through all that success i mean is that talked about as well
1: no you know not 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 really it, it, like i say the kids understand the winning streaks or the unbeaten streaks or whatever it is we don't talk about it as a staff it's just the next it's the next game it's the next game we have to play the next game just like we did the last game and so so that you know the kids might have it in the back of their mind that's the pressure that that's the adver- that's the adversity they have amongst themselves you know each guy's individual pressure that they have to deal with but we don't we as a staff of we don't really talk about those things. It's just you know we're gonna win every game one shift at a time. Let's just be ready for the next game, and and especially when you're talking about that time of the season, and the and the. Um, the experience Rand has and Joe's ha- Joe has with the coaches. You have some newer coaches in the league where you're going to get a few wrinkles, but you have, you have Cornell, you have Clarkson, you have guys who've been there for years, and they have their identities. So we, we we have a very good idea on how to prepare for those guys and kind of what wrinkles they've thrown at Quinnipiac over the course of years. So I think it's just it's a it's a it's pretty much preparing us to play to our to our identity and be at our best. And then, and then a few of the wrinkles that we think that these opponents might throw at us.
0: Is there anything from your playing career at Denver that you can relate to these student athletes?
1: Ah, uh, for sure. Just you know what, being a, I might be in a little bit of an older guy, but just being around these guys, I think it's all about. I think that's probably my biggest strength is my ability to relate. You know, I've, have, I've, have, I've have older kids now, but, but. Uh, you know what I, I, that's my biggest thing. I just got done with a camp use uh, select 17 camp, so I'm sitting in the dorms with a bunch of, a bunch of 06 birth years to kind of figure out what they're all about. And, and they're no different than our guys. You know Our guys might be 21, 22, but I think that's the biggest thing is relating to these guys. I th- you know, whether it be my era, hockey's hockey. I, I just believe that. You know, yeah, it's changed and there's some things, but there's still some core some core things that make good players. I don't care what era you were in. So to me, those are the things that I try to focus on with the guys. And you know what? I'm kind of a lighthearted guy. The, my, my role here is to kind of be the lighthearted guy and, and a little bit and a lot of good cop and, and – and so I, get to, so I get to have fun and make them smile and, and those types of things. So I take that role pretty seriously. And, and it's probably in my, more in my nature than to, you know what, to be, the, to be the tough, tough guy, as much as we know we have to as coaches, but uh, you have to have those sit down conversations. But for the most part with guys, for me, it's a lot of it, keep them smiling, keep them light, and, and uh, to me, that's when I know that, that, that they're at their best.
0: I'm just curious, during that camp, when they introduced you as a national championship coach, eyes uh, kind of no it's different, different...
1: it's I've done some camps this summer and some guys have really put me in a I'm, I'm not a I'm not a guy who wants to be at the forefront so I'm more one of those guys that you know we were at a camp in Las Vegas the week before and the and Garrett Raboyne and Brett Larson from St. Cloud who's two of my best buddies and they're uh and they're uh Putting me on a national championship coach, and the kids are giving the stick taps and all that type of stuff, and people are saying congratulations, and it's great. Um, it, it's fantastic. Um, you know, I fly the flag with the with the Frozen Four because, like we like we talked about as a staff, we we're doing everything we can, this included, um, because we know this is going to end. It's going to end and we have to take advantage of this opportunity to promote our program to promote the university and all those types of things and it's great um i'm not uncomfortable doing it i'm not because i have fun with it too and and i can i'm the guy who can make fun of himself so uh you know what it's uh it's been fun to, to to be able to kind of be put out on that pedestal and plus there's there's BU there. There's BC there. There's some of these. Some of the they're, blue. Some of the. Blue, some of the blue bloods are there. So hey, if I can, uh, yeah. if I can, you know, be a step above them for a couple of months, I'll take it.
0: Absolutely. So the season ends. Uh, ECAC ECAC champions for the regular season, and uh, two victories over Yale to start the the playoffs or to the tournament run. And then it's off to Lake Placid. And Lake Placid is a place historically <laughs> that Quinnipiac has struggled. One-one, uh, Lake Goal in the third. Uh, that uh, it's, it's it's very it's very close to the Michigan game when you put those two games back to back in terms of the how the the end result score the end result of the of the whole thing uh, with obviously a different outcome at the end of the NCAA tournament. But um, one of the things I'm curious about is the locker room at that moment when you're in overtime and then eventually double overtime. Is that locker room the same as it was for the Minnesota game?
1: I would say yes. I'd say a very business approach. Um, But it's 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 just it's almost kind of trying to keep the guys loose trying to keep them simple. You know what? Because you know you go through all the statistics and analytics and the first five minutes is, is big and then and then 10 then it tends to you know if you're getting into the 10 to 15 minute mark it tends to go you know the kid the, and the kids know these things that it tends to go to maybe a second one and and the guys know that you're one shot away but uh, the longer it goes the longer it goes it tends to be a little bit more like you say a little bit more a little tighter game a little sloppier game even a little bit where it's it's very cat-and-mouse but um, you know, as, as far as the approach that we took and, and especially Rand takes in the locker room, and what the guys know with him is he's, they're going to get a consistent approach. Um, Rand's one of those guys that I've seen in my short time here is he's never too high, he's never too low. Um, he's right there. He's, he's a pro's pro when it comes into, to talking to the kids. And, and then he always kind of zings them right before we're going to walk out. And it kind of gets them and he gets the guys going so we have the ability to, like we always say as our team, you know, to start on time.
0: And so the game at with Colgate ends in a two-1 loss uh, I was there uh, I was in the hotel that you guys all stayed in that was a tough that was a tough one to swallow I think for the for the group
1: yeah especially after the year before you know and 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 we knew and probably just from the times where where Colgate during the year they that we they played well against us and they beat us during the year too so it was one of those things where um, but but the, the the feeling that I got with our guys and, and kind of the few days afterwards was it, was it was kind of a great recentering for us. Um, kind of a blessing in disguise a little bit. And, yeah, it's easy to say that when that we both know the end result. Um, but it was one of those things where uh, going after that, and that's where I think – and we talked a little bit about it as a staff, and we could see where, where Rand was going with things a little bit with our identity. That's where we really, really pushed our identity. We, we were doing identity videos, um, to just, and all they are is just strictly reminders and video clips of, of just about every guy getting a little bit of what we're all about just to make sure because we maybe— we as a staff felt a little bit that as our, I, we got away from our identity against Colgate. Um, we, we were thinking ahead maybe a little bit because we knew we were in the tournament and and uh, and should kind of grab, recenter and kind of grab that hunger back.
0: Number two seed overall, number one seed obviously in the regionals. Uh, get through those relatively easily in terms of Merrimack and Ohio State generally speaking. And then it's a rematch of the Michigan game. And the Michigan game didn't go as well as uh, Anticipated last year, and I think there's a sense in you know talking to Joe and talking to some other folks that there was a chance there last year that I think feels like it got away. Is that is that a fair assessment with the Michigan game?
1: I think yeah. Just when you're talking about the the timing of what it was, the regional final, um, where we were end up back when we got to that four three score, you know, I think that was just one of those things where. I think everybody looks back, and very few times when you have a, and, and most, most guys who have been around sports can, 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 can understand the speech after that game, um, something we got to learn from, something we got to learn from. And very, very few times do you actually get to see the same team and actually on a bigger scale, on a bigger um, stage, I should say, to play them again when you have what, the majority of your your players back who lived that the year before. And and to me now that was that was kind of once we got through Ohio State, you say Ohio State was easy, that second period wasn't easy yeah, by any yeah, that's means. Fair. But that was but that was to me that was probably that was the toughest matchup we had amongst the teams. As talented as Michigan and Minnesota are but as far as a matchup, Ohio State for me was the toughest one. Um just because of how heavy and hard they were but uh then we go into michigan and and we knew we knew once we got to there the confidence level of our guys because there was that chip on their shoulder there was that hunger factor we did let one get well we we did let one get away
0: what was the so after you beat ohio state you've got eight eight or so days until you play michigan what's your role as an assistant coach during that time frame
1: um you know what we we kind of gave them a few days off a lot of it's just skills a lot of it's just keeping them loose a lot of it's just keeping them um we do a lot of that's where we use that time to do to do a, a good group of small small things with guys um like you say and then and then we kind of got into our then we kind of got into our the way we 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 planned it out is then we you know we got into our so-called normal week but those first few days are just kind of one getting guys healthy, two, to you know getting the video and making sure that they're on the same page with us and 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 some of the things that we know that they needed to continue to work on and just constant reminders.
0: But you got to scout all three teams, right? You got to yeah. scout because you don't know who you're, right. especially on the other side of the draw. You don't know right. who you're gonna play.
1: But that's and that's and that's where we. We looked at, we looked at, uh, we had BU, Michigan, and and, uh, and Minnesota, so we're watching them all. And and Sean Roach, our, our video guy does, he's absolutely amazing, so he makes our job fair, actually very easy. We're not watching a lot of real time, we're watching some of the things that we believe are the strengths of these teams. Um, so we get into that very, fairly deep, you know what, but not. Not crazy, and then we get in, and, but c- because a lot of the things that we use is just is going to be the live, the Michigan, you know, our game with Michigan. Obviously, we 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 put a lot of time into them, and then we had our we had our notes for Minnesota and BU, and then we watched that game. I think a lot of it is just watching that, also watching that game, kind of putting a stamp on some of the things we thought we saw in in the video.
0: And Mike, what's the scene like in terms of? And I'm, I'm, I don't know, so I'm just kind of asking is it everybody in the room watching the video is it coaches talking to the entire team someplace is it on ice how do they absorb the video and the points that you guys are trying to make to the team
1: a lot of it's team video um, the individual stuff. Joe t- Joe typically does the defenseman. I typically do the forwards and some some individual things that they're doing during games. So we'll always have those. There's always a plenty of those to be able to show guys. But you had certain guys coming down the stretch who who didn't need it anymore. You know what? Just it was just me sitting down. We, we didn't have to watch a video. We just sitting down and just talking about their game and and maybe one little simple thing. Um, we're watching two to three clips individually, and then we have. And then we have our pre-scout of our teams, and that's the entire group. And then we'll go out and work on certain things. A lot of that's primarily just special teams. Most of the teams, you you, you know, you know what they're going to do, and so the, so most of it, what we're focusing on is the special teams because in those in those types of situations, special teams are 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 paramount.
0: How do you plan for Fantilli speed or Snuggaroot speed or like how do you? What, what are you telling the kids about i mean those are nhl grade a talents right like how, how do you prepare for those kids you,
1: you you don't talk about them a lot well at least we didn't and i loved our approach our approach is is you know this guy you know it's just this guy he number seven he happens he, happen, he yeah. happens to be on the flank and he has a heck of a one-timer and and you do that and and especially with with Snuggerud and uh and the other guy in Minnesota, that entire line, you know, Rand just coached him with the World Juniors. Yeah, right. so he So he knew a lot about those kids personally. And, you know, maybe we could get under their skin a little bit and maybe we could do this if we checked them hard and those types of things. So, But there, we, we don't talk a lot about that. And the, once again, you, you have to give our guys credit because they know these things. And I think as a staff, and Rand does a great job of this, if we're overemphasizing that, we're, we're making them sound like they're better than us and he doesn't do that he just hey these are guys we got to be aware of you know what and 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 that's where we can do it from a matchup standpoint and and how we want to match up especially we get last change against Michigan we didn't get last change against against Minnesota but how we want to match up and just how we're going to who we're going to put out against them and guys and it's always just hey be aware be aware you know what hey these are good players you know they're good players so do we but be aware we don't have to say Adam Fantilli's Going to be the third third overall pick in the NHL draft, and he's the leading scorer in the country. Our guys know that, so it's. And I think what, what we try to do is make sure that their their awareness is, is is at its peak when they're out on the ice with them, because just on 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 changes on the fly, you know what? Those guys want to get on the ice. They're going to play more minutes than everybody else, and you're going to get those guys on a change on the fly. And you just you just have to be aware when he's out there, and you got to bear down a little bit more.
0: Michigan game Sam's goal 3-2 gives you a little bit of breathing room obviously Zach's goal is a is a nice goal to get 4-2 and Ethan's open uh, open net goal 5-2 final The game's over what's your role now to prepare because you know you're playing University of Minnesota at that point
1: Yes now now we're watching Minnesota and, and we have the day off you, you got you got time you can catch your breath a little bit um, we're gonna break down the Michigan game. Have a few clips for the guys because we have some of the we have a little bit of that time. Um, just, just once again, some awareness clips, and uh, so we're gonna we're gonna put that together to, to show them the, the next day because we have some time to do it. And then we're gonna dig into Minnesota during that 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 time too. And that evening, I believe we had a kind of a pre-scout with Minnesota um, to be able to just get that done and make get get guys on that page to me that's and obviously they know what's at stake and and not overemphasize it yes it's the last game we all know and all those types of things we didn't we didn't overemphasize the um, the situation or that it was an NCAA national championship game the guys know that we just did it as hey this is the next game Minnesota happens to be our next opponent.
0: What was the pregame like in terms of getting the guys on the bus over there on the ice to pre-skate
1: um the the normal normal yeah i mean it was it was that was probably like I said, Rand's one of those guys that we just it's business. It's business it's a business trip. It's yeah, it's Tampa, it's nice and it's it's beautiful. Go take a walk and your parents are there and your family advisors there, more more families there than normal. But but we did a good job of, of getting the guys to understand what it was. And, and and they knew it. One thing you can't you can't be remiss on the on the experience we have on our group. And and those guys, um, those guys were pros about it too, and and, and guys, we we have the we have a job to do, and we have something to finish here, and uh, we just want to make sure that we're we we knew we were going to be prepared. It was just probably just being in the right mindset and making sure that we were fresh and we our minds were fresh, and and those types of things. They weren't getting bogged down by some of the some of the noise and some of the distractions that Tampa has to offer because and part of part of the reason why that happens they do such a great job they make it so fun and they make it such an event and and we just wanted to kind of keep our guys grounded a little bit
0: first uh national championship game for you yep what's that like for
1: you personally? just excitement I mean it's it's, it's what you play for and, and like you say i i don't I don't want to get personal with things but with some of the things that happened for me in the last few years it it's it does it gets a little. You know, whether people know it or not, it's it's one of those things where you go through a range of emotions as a coach to say, oh, my God, and, and this and that. And, and you, could, you doubt yourself at times and you doubt what you're doing at times and you're looking for other jobs outside of hockey at times. So it's... Uh, um, but, it's, it, but you're so excited because it's what you play for, and you want to make sure that, hey, I'm at my best and they're at their best, so we can, and, and, and I'm one of those guys that, you know, we'll, we'll take it where where the chips land, and, and, but just let's, not, let's make sure that we're putting, we're, we're giving our best effort, we're giving our best preparation for the kids and to be able to, to, to go into that game and just say, all right, winner take all.
0: Down to nothing. First goal was a little rough. The second goal, good goal. Uh, and then you battle back. Um, third period comes along, and I think it was like fifteen to two, sixteen to two. You outshot uh, the number one team in the country uh, in the arena. As as I was, it, it felt like we just gotta get one. Like we just gotta get, but it took a long time in that yeah. third period to get yeah. one. Uh, talk about Colin's goal. How I mean, as someone who's seen a lot of your games, and uh, I've seen Colin in that slot position over there on on that side of the ice with that slap shot that he's got. And I know he's got different options. He's got pass options. He's got Sam on the backside in case there's a loose puck or a scramble in front of the net. But that's a heck of a shot for uh, for the kid to make under that pressure.
1: Well, and 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 I think ultimately, you know, he can say shooting for that. Like I always say, a three-inch puck through a six-inch hole. Um, but he's putting it there to get a flurry to probably get a second chance. You know, well, we have the extra, we have the extra player on the ice. But but he is such a, you know, he, he and he's done it all year, and, and that's why for it to go in on its own um, with Brendan Moore right on top, Sam on the backside, and and him coming downhill if he, if it pops back out to him. So to me, it's it's. Uh, it, it, it's probably, people want to call it a soft goal, but if you watch his goals through the years, he's, he tends to find, he's one of those kids that, uh, he, he's a shooter, that and he knows where to put it. He knows where to put it, and he put it in the spot that he needed to.
0: And the goalie's got a lot to watch for, right? So I think the design of it is, he's got somebody here, somebody in the back, somebody in front, the shooter, it's got on a power play. There's two defenders there. There's a lot going on. So it's it's no discredit to the goalie. It's just there is a lot going on to be prepared for for for, for Colin to shoot that as hard as he shoots that puck uh, in that particular moment.
1: No, exactly. I mean, and that's uh, it's not just our players. There, it's their players. You know, everybody's trying to block a shot, and that's that's the, that's the problem with trying to block a shot. If you don't block it, um, ten things tend to the. the the flurry and the action right in front of the net tend to happen really quickly.
0: And talk just for a second about Colin. And I, I know every player, uh, I'm. we'll probably use this differently. We probably won't use this as part of the, but Colin Graff comes from Union College last year. 11 goals, 11 assists, 22 points, second on the team. Transfers here and now is an All-American. Yeah. Come on, that just doesn't happen.
1: Uh, and I'll go back even further. Colin's grandfather is a, Alabama Huntsville alum and he brought Colin on an unofficial visit when he was like 15 years old to Huntsville because I believe his grandfather Bud was working in I think they were living in Nashville at the time and they'd come visit in the summertime and and he was a great alum and fantastic guy and he said hey can I bring my grandson down and he brought him down and there was this little baby boy sitting in my and I followed him and I followed him and when he went to the Junior Bruins. So I have a little more history than people understand with Colin Giraff. So I watched him, and then he commits to the union, and okay, great. You know what? Understanding where he was living and that type of stuff, and uh, and you're right. And So he was a kid, even when we played him last year, You know, a kid I'd continue to follow because, like I say, his grandfather was such a great guy, and, and just a kid you kind of root for because it it's a great family too. So, so when we find out that there's an opportunity for us to grab him, to me it was just a no-brainer. It was a no-brainer as far as the fit with us and those types of things. And there was so much, with Colin, there's so much room to grow. It's, and there still is. That's the whole thing. It's, it's, he's. I just saw him literally yesterday, and it's almost like I think he just became a young man um, because, because he's, he was such a, I still kind of see that 15-year-old, you know, hunched over on my couch in, in, in Alabama. And, you know, just to be able to see the progression with him. And, and what he is, is he's kind of a, he, he, he takes a lot of time in his craft. He's very particular, he's very detailed. Um, so that fit into our program was great. He needed, and it's no offense to Union, but it's one of those things I think Colin ultimately felt that he just needed more. He need, and it's no, no different why I love my job here, is how, how important hockey is here. And I think Colin saw that—that that how important hockey is—and I think he just wants that. He's one of those kids that he just doesn't talk it; he he wants it. And uh, so to me, that's where that's why the fit was just so good. And then he fit in just seamlessly with our guys. We bring our guys in in the summertime, and he came in and just fit in—you know, his personality fit in seamlessly with the guys. And then, because let's be let's be honest, we know the hockey's easy. Hockey's the easy part. It's okay, are the guys going to get on the same page? Is he going to get on the same page with the coaching staff? Is he going to buy in? Uh, I think he he knew he was going to come in and be put in a a scoring role just to see what that that ceiling was going to be. And uh, he just grabbed the ball and he just ran with it. He smashed the ceiling. No, and he just – and and, and as a coach, those are the funnest things to see. You want to – uh, my my playing days are long long over but now we live through these kids and and I'll I'll be honest and to see the the success that they have and he's a humble kid and he's one of those kids that just wants more and you wanted more for him so now, what do you do in the summer to help Colin Graf? okay you kind of get with him because he's kind of a thinker and uh, he's very particular and he's very detailed and he works with some very high-end high-end thinkers, analytical thinkers in the summertime. So he brings some stuff back. We bring some stuff to him. So it's going to be fun this upcoming year because to be able to, hey, there's a target on his back. There's a target on your back, not just in the ECAC, but nationally. So to me, that's where, where you're going to be able to take your game. And uh, how can I help you take your game to that next level?
0: Yeah, everybody will know who he is. Yes. Overtime. tied it up, place is going crazy, although there were a gazillion Minnesota fans there, uh, but you can hear the Quinnipiac folks. Uh, The locker room seems pretty calm, uh, as it's always been.
1: Yep, yep. Rand walks in and just says, we got to get this done, and that's it. You know, not a lot said. You know, the guys are dialing, and now you're... It's been a long week. You're in Tampa. You're dehydrated. You know what? You're doing all those things and, and, and our strength staff and our and our training staff do a great job of making sure. So we just we kind of came in, Rand came in right at the usually comes in seven, eight minutes, and he came in right at the end of that as we're ready to walk. And just kind of said, Boys, you know what? Once again, we all know what's at stake. Just get it done. We've been and, and we've been in this position before. We've, we've played North Dakota in overtime. We've played some of these teams so so our guys and and our experience this is where we know as a staff our experience comes through just let's make sure we start out right so he came in with with a kind of a zinger and the boys walked up and put their put their uh business face on and 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 walked out there and we know what happened
0: when did you know the play was going to be the jet
1: It, it always is it always is we worked on a few probably we worked on a few different ones maybe a month left in the season and and but it was if you watch the game earlier in the game Jake Johnson had one where where he went he had to throw a cross ice pass instead of it being on the strong side so we kind of knew that that you know we had a few opportunities with it not 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 scoring opportunities but possession opportunities coming into that so it's just something we've done all year and like we always say it's Never worked and never worked in practice. Never worked. Never worked all year. Um, you know, few opportunities here, and it's kind of a you know maybe maybe uh, ten seconds later or fifteen seconds later off possession, but never really off that rush.
0: So let's talk about the play for a second, because Collins on the right wing, right, and he's got to get in, get the puck, get it back to Zach. Yeah. But he also has to draw. He has to go to the side to the. You uh, got to go to the far blue line. Yep. To get his defender on there which opens the lane in the, of the ice. in the middle of the ice to get it to a cutting Sam yes then Sam has to rush now he has probably has the option either to shoot right there or probably has the option to do what he did which was go a little bit further and flip it across but Jacob has to get away from the centerman or the other person or the defender who takes him and around. Did you see all that happening in real time?
1: Uh, yes, I actually. I'm I'm more focused on the puck there, just to be able to say, okay, let's get it in, let's let's establish our forecheck, and let's get let's get the first touch on the forecheck because typically if 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 we go up the wall, more than likely, Colin's going to chip it in, Sam's going to come down, we're going to try to change sides and make a play off of that. Um, that's where a lot of times it happens during a game, but. Uh, so I'm pri- I'm primarily washing the puck, but what we've what we've been saying to our guys, and we do this on some of our rush drills and practice, is just put the puck to an area, and that's where our guys want them. They want to put it on his tape. They want to be able to open up, and 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 we just kept telling him put it in an area, put it in there, let guys skate through it. Because if, a, if he puts it too hard and it goes in the corner. Quills is going to grab it. We're going to get on the forward check. We're going to go low to high and see if we can get gain an opportunity that way. So, and, and, you know, we've just been telling them putting it in areas, put it in areas because our guys will skate to it.
0: Well, Jacob definitely skated to yes. it. I think that might be the understatement of the podcast. Yes. Uh, so he gets the puck, has the wherewithal not to necessarily shoot it or move it towards the goal at that particular moment. But take an extra by well, split second and get around the goalie and backhand it in.
1: Which is amazing. Because he tends to be a shooter. You know, and and most guys tend to be and Quills is one of those guys at certain times he's had struggles scoring goals because he just he'll just he doesn't always show scoring instincts. Um, but in that in that in the biggest moment of the biggest game of the year he showed scoring instincts and uh, and like you say it went from far post to near post and uh, and was able to do that after with with uh, I think Jackson Nelson bearing down on him um, because he was a step behind and but he was coming and Quills had to slow down and Jackson Nelson could have very easily just lifted his stick or got stick on puck and never let him get to that near post now what now we don't even know
0: no Uh, no no now what you score the goal
1: yeah now we don't even know we're we're, we're we're like you say it's 10 seconds into the game nobody knows this wasn't supposed to work and 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 the guys stand up and we see it and our guys stand a lot during during play anyways and i'm not one to stand on the bench as much as i'm you know between joe and i we're both vertically challenged so we, we don't stand on the joe stands on the bench i don't i usually stand behind so um and then just the euphoria I don't think I didn't see the goal go in um but the euphoria of the of the boys and then and I tend to stand closer to Rand than Joe does because I work with Rand with the forwards so and then it's just we literally everybody just embraced and grabbed each other and then Joe comes out of nowhere and and almost knocks us all over and 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 then it's just it's literally it's the most exuberant excited chaos you've ever been a part of your life the um
0: The thing about Rand not being able to talk, right, in the, inter- in the post-game interview, I think for all of you, I mean, uh, Joe had been through it. He'd won a national championship before. But as you tell your story, right, everything that has happened in your life, including five or six, seven, eight years in Alabama, to where you were in that particular moment, emotional might be just not enough. I mean, because that you have reached the pinnacle of what you've been aiming for for such a long period of time that's remarkable
1: no it's it's uh, like everybody says and, and even what are we months past that it's still undescribable. You, you you can't describe what you're feeling in the moment um because of exactly what you just said you you know you're you're talking about drives recruiting going from from Fort McMurray where they say the sign where you see the sign and it says get gas now because there's only one gas station and it's a five hour ride and, and just the things a lot of things flash before your eyes your family the sacrifices they make your kids the people who are the people who are part of it along the, along the way with you and the things you missed um, does it make it all worth it probably not you know what because you still wish you would have had those things but they, there's a lot of people that are involved in this and And to me, that's where you don't lose sight of those things and but it's and it's your moment, but yet you also want it to be your moment. You know what? Everybody has their own individual moment um, whether when that when you take that breath or when you look up to the stars or whatever whatever it might be, so it's it's one of those things where you have that moment, but you just, and, and I've learned this in my being in the business for so long, seeing friends, being on the NCA committee, and with Duluth winning back to backs, and just stepping. I'm one that I love to step back and observe. And I always, and I was able to kind of catch myself to say, enjoy this. Okay, because it's, this is so hard to do, and it's so hard to be the, the guy who, the, the guy in the team that wins the championship at the end, um, whether it be any sport. Any sport, you know what? Just step back and enjoy the moment, and and uh, I think we did.
0: In the locker room afterwards, I uh, I hear was quite the celebration.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just it's it, it like you get so excited for the players. Um, to me, that's to me that's what it's all about. Uh, I'll worry about me later, um, but it's just fun to see them. You know, we're sti- we're adults. Works. We're, we're still we're <laughs> we still we're still supposed to be in control okay um but it's fun to once again step back and observe them just be kids be crazy be fun enjoy it um you know as much as we did too but we still have it's it's fun to be able to watch them kind of lead the train there and and we can kind of jump in with them
0: and the party afterwards at uh american social
1: yeah yeah
0: i've been to a lot of I've
1: worked for well you know the story on that that was Minnesota's yeah, yeah. reservation yeah, so they yeah. they reser- we and we did yeah no. we, we, we were and that probably shows how how focused we were on the game we you know we took we ended up taking their reservation and uh, and just the boys their families our president I mean everybody was there everybody who was who who was in and every you know the old fashioned bandwagon. There was enough room for everybody if everybody wanted to be a part of it. Yeah, President
0: only did it right. Yes. Right, she just said, "Let's go and yep. let's." This is a night of celebration, and here's the credit card. Yes, and let's go. I
1: think she put it down, and I'm not sure if she she looked at the bill at the end. I <laughs> hopefully, somebody signed for her, and she'll like like we've said in this whole process, we'll figure it out later. Yep. Um, yep. And and I think she did. So it's no, and it's great that she was a part of it too. And I mean those are the people that, that that give us the opportunity to do what we do. And and like I said, the support that we get here is is great and those people are just as much a part of it.
0: I've said I've said when I talked to somebody else, one of my favorite parts of the party was the Sports Center top ten. Yeah. I mean, to be in the room with the players who are the number one play oh, this was obviously gonna be the number one play, right? An overtime goal to win the national championship. So to see them celebrate Dang, that was awesome. Yeah, yeah. That was no, incredible. Like, like
1: you said, the raw emotion of things yeah. of of the entire night, and then the, the emotion of the kids, seeing the kids and their parents come in the back and the backside and coming down, and and hey, Rod Brendamore walking down in our locker room area, giving us a hug, and when gra- when Rod grabs you, you you know it. <laughs> okay. He's a big no, he's and he's a, just he's a an intense. Human. He's just an intense guy, <laughs> and 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 once again, raw emo- emotion. He couldn't be. He's got his Quinnipiac hat on. He's got his shirt on. Skyler's there, and he's hugging every anybody he got his hands on. You know what? And, and, and then that was the whole thing. Is and you talked about Rand and the not being able to speak. We all got vulnerable together, and it, unfortunately for him, it, it showed on national TV. Um, but to me, it was a, it was a, it was a true, authentic moment that. Uh, once again and he's great about it cuz he can make fun of himself. Yeah, yeah. He can make fun of himself and but I think you can't it's it's just a great thing to capture. You can't take that away, that raw emotion and, and the feeling of you talk about a guy who's worn the same logo for 29 years and and that emotion. Like I say I had enough after 2 and Jill after what eight, 8 or 9 plus playing right. and uh and uh so to me that raw emotion of everybody and then and then your families and those types of things it was fantastic.
0: Are are you surprised by the reaction by the community because well I'll just let you are you surprised right.
1: I, and and like you say I have a small sample size but yeah yeah I mean I, you look at it as we you have your 6 seven thousand supporters that come in and out of game your your 2500 to 3000 that are there that are diehards and and those types of things but uh but you also know there's people want something to hold on to and they're part of this community. There's there's what I've learned in my short time here is there's there's a ton of people part of this community. Um, whether they talk about Quinnipiac or wear shirts and all that stuff, people don't do that anymore. Those are old school things where where people people tend to wear to wear uh, other states' shirts than they do their own nowadays. That's just the way it is. So to me, once it all happened and, and the embracing of the community, um, it's been to me that's been great and, and and hopefully now it gets those people back full-time not that they weren't they always cared but maybe they weren't full-time and now maybe they're going to be they're going to be looking and and what people don't understand again is you're in my era when the newspaper came out every day well, you could read it okay and these people these are the people who read the newspaper and now yeah i'm not saying they don't look on the internet but but to me it's just different it's just different when you got your daily newspaper you knew what was going on because everybody the 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 way you did it was you sat down and re- you read the newspaper. You know what? You got up early and you read the newspaper and you had your coffee the old-fashioned the old, the old way that we used to see in the movies. And that's what people did, and, and those people don't see it anymore, so they don't, they don't but yet the, if it's not in front of them, they're not going to look at
0: it. So here's what I've learned. Wear a T-shirt to the interview. <laughs> Obviously have some sort of connections along the way. Struggle, as you have... To appreciate the end result, which happened in
1: 2023. Yeah, uh, I mean, I mean, I'm, I miss the way I've been embraced by the university when I came in here to start working. You know, it gets me a little, it gets me going a little bit, and and uh, how those guys have have just put me right in there and you know and billy was with Rand for a long time and joe played for him and da 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 reed cashman i was with him at the 17 camp we're talking about it you know i'm kind of the i'm kind of the the like i don't have a connection just versus just the job i didn't play for him and i didn't work for him it's only been a couple of years but just it's been it's been a ride that's been fantastic and and like you say when you're when you're brought in and you're felt to be a part of it from day one it makes it that much more special and uh like i say not just not just the two guys and, and sean roach and dan smith and and coach b and strength and the, the, the guys who we're together with all the time Bubba's my roommate um you know what work we're we're obviously together all the time but um all those guys just to be able to embrace it it's just great great people we're all excited for each other um everybody gets a little more here and a little more there and nobody cares and to me that's that's the that's the great the, the great part of it and now to see the the universities putting up the national championship signs that the ice just went in they put the logo in it's kind of like you say if we stopped and we 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 smelled the smell the roses here a little bit well um i think we're starting to see it because it's not it's not going to wear off but uh we're going to I know, I know with Rand, we're probably going to have a day where when, when when we're turning the page.
0: Banner night is yes. that's when. Uh, the, it
1: may be even before that. Yeah, banner yeah. night might just be the literally the cherry on top. I think we're probably going to talk about probably something before that. Obviously, we have as coaches because recruiting started, kids are coming in and all that type of stuff. But obviously, banner night is when the book is going to be closed um, for sure. But I think it's just going to be a little bit of the cherry on top, and we're just about – we're just about there, like we say. Let's take advantage of this opportunity because it's going to end. Um, let's just end it how we want it to be ended.
0: Mike, thanks for joining us.
1: Thank you, I appreciate it very much.
0: Thanks to Mike Corbett for joining us on the tenth second podcast. In our next episode, Joe Dume. He's the associate head coach of the Quinnipiac Bobcats, and by way of reminder, he was the guy that designed the game-winning play in the national championship game, the jet. When you design the play, mm-hmm. it's to win the face-, face off to get it to defenseman?
1: So it's to get it to Zach, the right D. So whether the wings have to come in and chip it back to the D, even if if uh, Quillen wins it back to the lefty, which is Jake Johnson, mm-hmm. Jake is going passing immediately to Zach. So however we get the puck to Zach, it's gotta get to Zach. Our production crew is Justin
0: Murawski, who is our producer and audio engineer. Jillian Catalano is our social media coordinator. David DeRoche handled the audio mastering. I'm Keith Woodward, and I'm your host. Please follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Tenth Second, and also follow the podcast account at Podcasts. And thanks again for joining us on this episode.